1: It's time for a Deep South legend that's been keeping it real here in Atlanta for over two decades. It's the Buck Baloo Show, only on The Fan.
2: 3-2 pitch, and he hits a high fly ball, deep left field, back to the wall, and it's (laughs)
3: gone!
2: Austin Riley hitting him where it hurts, and the Braves take the lead of the eighth. The Braves have erupted. They've taken the lead, and this place is an insane asylum. 2-2. In the air, out towards right center field. Harris going to go back. Harris back to the warning track. He leaves. Michael's got it! He's got it! They fired it in, and it rolls across the infield. Taken by Ryling! He no throws play! to the back! No no they play! double him off! Ball game over! Braves win! I've never seen a play like that! Oh! Braves even up the series. Harris went to the wall. He made a leaping catch of the wall. Fired it in. It rolled past Hobbies. Backing up the play was Riley. He secured it through to the bag. Doubled off Harper and the Braves even up the series.
3: I'm not gonna do bad. I know that. You know, we got another day off tomorrow, and you know, we travel and all that, but that's good, because like I say, it, it was we had, I don't know, 13 innings or 14 innings and not a lot going on, so you know it's good to see I think you know they finally amassed a few at bats after the layoff and kinda
4: got back in their in their groove a little bit. How sweet it is. Bring on the weak Phillies. Bring on the weak ass Phillies. Yes, sir, that's what I'm talking about. All right, late night at the ballpark last night and a uh, early wake-up call at the Blue household today as we got the boys off for a early morning football practice. Come work on it about three, four hours sleep. But uh, ready to go. Road dog in the house. Uh, Derek Thomas ready to go. We are live from the Battery Atlanta, home of the Braves here. Buck Ballou Show on the fans, 680 and 93.7. What a great night it was. Let's Let's get to the big take. Bucks, Big Take. What a memorable night at the ballpark. A record-breaking capacity Braves ca- crowd got the memory of a lifetime. Prior to last night, the Braves were 1-48. and I repeat, 1-48 and in the postseason when trailing by 4-plus entering the ninth inning. We seemed dead in the water. Down but not out getting no hit with a string of 14.2 scoreless innings. The Braves busted out the defibrillator, got up off the floor, and rallied to save the season. The heroes were many. Darno, Riley, Money Mike, Harris, who impacted the great comeback with his athleticism and the glove. The Braves stepped up and refused to lose. And today... Here in Atlanta, hope is alive. It's become a three-game series, and the Braves are alive and have the momentum heading into Philly in Game 3. What a night to be at the ballpark. Today's Big Take is brought to you by Dayco System Heating and Air for your HVAC repair contact locally owned Dayco Systems at DaycoSystems.com, keeping Atlanta comfortable one home at a time. Of course, all our coverage here on the Fan of the Braves is sponsored by our good friends at Truist. A lot to talk about. Let's hear from Darno after the ball game last night. He says that might be his favorite postseason game right there. You know, every
5: playoff win's exciting. I think the way it ended was one of the most exciting games. Ending to a games I've ever seen, as far as a defensive standpoint, where you got Money Mike making a crazy catch on the wall and um, us doubling up Harper to to close it out. It was really emotional, especially the way we came back. So it's one of the one of my favorite postseason games ever.
4: Yeah, one of ours too. Austin Riley coming up big, obviously the go ahead. What turned out to be the game winning home run. Uh, let's hear from Austin talking about that. Only thing I was thinking of is I know there's a short fence down there. <laughs> Hopefully
3: it gets over it. And, and luckily they did. And just, you know, like I said, you just try to take those moments in because, you know, postseason special. It's, it's awesome, awesome time of year, awesome baseball. And like I said, do it with these guys. Um, you know, we fight 162 games out of the year uh, plus spring. We're with each other so much. So just trying to try to enjoy it with them as, as much as possible.
4: Thank you, Austin Riley. Saving the day. Snit, after the ball game, talked about the double play to end it. I mean,
3: I didn't know if he's going to run out of room. Then after he caught it, you know, it's kind of you go horse yelling. And uh, great play by Austin. Great play by Michael, number one. But then the wherewithal of Austin, um, you know, to be
4: continuing to watch the play and then make the big out. Yes, sir. Exhausting is what it was. And frustrating through five innings getting no hit. And, you know, I was tweeting out uh, from the press box last night on the front row of the press box. Had a great seat last night next to David uh, Holloway and by uh, the frozen rope, Kevin McAlpin. And the hardest thing was to not cheer sitting in the press box. That is a no no. You're not supposed to do that. Of course, a lot of Philly press. Uh, had seats up in there, so that was the toughest thing for me. When Riley hit the home run, I did stand up and and pump the fist in the air without making any noise. So hopefully, I'll be able to uh, get back in there if the series comes back here to. Okay. Oh, blah, blah blah blah. Hey, so you were on the press box. You were in the press box, so I have to ask: Were the people in there talking trash about Georgia? During the game. Uh, no, there was no talk about Georgia coming off that dominating win over Kentucky. I think those folks, those critics now have gone silent. Okay, good to know because I know they like to do that when you're around them in the press box. Well, reason. that was when I was on the back row of the, the press box and I was able to look down and observe the other media members last night. I was on the front row. Enjoying the game.
1: It's okay, a tough to,
4: to, to hear what's going on behind you sitting in the press box. But it's really tough, man, not to cheer. They'll escort your butt right on out of there if you start cheering up there in the press box. That was always hard for me at the Georgia games when I was in the main area of the uh, of the press box not cheering. Now you can and get away with it. Though, now right? I can get away with it. I scream during plays and, and hoot and holler and do all that good stuff. I've heard some of that. All right, so Braves and Phillies, game three tomorrow in Philadelphia. 5.07 uh, start. You're going to hear all the action right here on 680, The Fan, the home of the Braves. Serious uh, series, obviously tied at one after the amazing comeback. Uh, Phillies are going to throw Aaron Nola, one of their top starters. Uh, we are throwing undecided. Bring on the weak ass Phillies. we're going to take the day to continue to talk this over. Will it be Bryce Elder, who stumbled at the finish line? Great opening half of the season. Elder made the all-star team. Second half has been a different story. Uh, We've got uh, Smith Shaver, the rookie, who got his feet wet this season. Amazing stuff. And a pretty good golfer. I saw him teeing it up at some of these celebrity tournaments this year. So what's it going to be? Elder? smith Shaver a bullpen game. I can't say I'm comfortable with any of those three options. Moving into Philadelphia, maybe we uh, we, we get these bats now, or uh, we uh, busted out with the bats last night rallying back, and maybe we can put seven, eight, nine runs on the board up there tomorrow and make it a little bit easier. Uh, Nolan, Or NOLA, that is, has uh, one thing about NOLA that you need to know going into the game tomorrow is that ran into this just doing some research for the show. We do some show prep here on the Blue Show. He has the number one chase rate in Major League Baseball. So if you're wondering what that is, that means that hitters are chasing the ball out of the strike zone. And he does that better than anybody else in baseball. So I would assume uh, the Braves are getting coached up on that. And that is priority number one, swing at pitches in the strike zone. Nola ended the season on the up and up. His last three starts were quality, shut down the Marlins, seven innings on three hits and no runs in that wild card round. And uh, beat us the last time out, went 6 Allowed two earned runs, struck out eight, walked nobody the last time he faced us. So, uh, going to face a challenge up there in Aaron Nola, who is a free agent at the end of the year. I think he'd look good in a Braves uniform next season. I'm just saying. Keep an eye on that one. He and Rick Granitz, the uh, pitching coach for the Phillies, reportedly very close. Seems like that would be a, a really good fit. So what are you thinking, DT, man? You go Elder or smith Shaver if you were making that decision? Well, it's funny. When you were listing the options, Elder, smith
5: Shaver bullpen game, I think there might be a chance that we'll get a little bit of all the above. Uh, I'm not sure who will take that first I- – I know they want uh, so elder than Smith Shawver. I was just going to say I could see Shaw Smith Shawver because of the, the the
4: velocity. They want they want oh, yeah, the high the Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what old it's old all. That's what,
5: that's all we ever talk about here in the postseason.
4: Um, <laughs> well, we uh, we talk about some of the other things too, like uh, exit velocity. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but um, the it, advanced it, analytics. That, I was ready to kick those to the curb after that opening. That Game 1 lineup that Double-A pushed on Snit. So I'm not so high on the advanced analytics right now. Who are you going with? I mean, we haven't seen Elder come out of the bullpen. Uh, right now, I'd hand the ball to Elder right. and then piggyback with smith Shaver and then go to the bullpen so after yeah, that. yeah, like, like,
5: like I said, when you mentioned it, I think it might be a kind of a mix of all three. I'm not sure who will get the ball first. But, um, yeah, it'll be all hands on deck, obviously. The only time we do play, it is worth mentioning that this is the only back-to-back games that we get in the series. Will be uh, tomorrow and Thursday, so you can't empty the bullpen like every uh, like these managers have in these first few games. Because with the time off, it's 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 like game seven every every game. They're they're throwing everybody out there, so a little bit different
4: strategy here with two back-to-back games coming. Hey, the Dodgers in a heap of trouble. Oh man. Diamondbacks, Diamondbacks taking Hot. two out in L.A. Whew. as they go back to Phoenix for Game 3. Freeman and Betts are struggling big time. Looks like, to me, the two best teams in baseball are playing right now in the Braves and Phillies. That's what it looks like to me. Our 10 o'clock hour sponsor, uh, Dupree Plumbing. Whenever you need relief from a plumbing problem, call the plumber I trust. Dupree Plumbing and score $50 off your next plumbing service at Dupree Plumbing com. We got something good going on in college football. Have you noticed? And get those shades because we go into the quarterback club. That's coming up next here on the Buck Baloo Show on the Fans 680 and 937. Spring is here and baseball is back.
0: You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats.
4: Listening to the Buck Blue Show here on The Fan, 680 and 93.7. We're streaming at 680thefan.com. Click and watch. And get that fan mobile app driven by Beaver Toyota Coming. Beaver Direct, fastest and easiest way to shop online for your next vehicle. They're going to wow you at Beaver Toyota up and coming. Yeah, you just heard we'll have... Uh, Carson Beck coming up here in uh, about 10 minutes. Talk to the Georgia quarterback about how, how great life is. Quarterback of the Georgia number one Georgia Bulldogs. Carson Beck off to a great start. This season, I want to give you the heads up too. The Dogs are uh, heading up to Nashville. And we're going to send somebody up there to check out the game and uh, to uh, party down. So join the fan promo team. They'll be on site from the Ivy and Buckhead tomorrow from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Registering people for a shot at tickets to the game in Nashville. Come by the Ivy and Buckhead tomorrow from 7 to 9 p.m. for your chance to catch the dogs in action, courtesy of the fan, 680 and 93.7. All right, let's talk a little college football. One of my favorite topics in the world. And I tell you what, it looks like to me, and for those of you out there that have been bored with the same four teams, it seems, going to the playoffs every single year. And my lovely wife, Kelly, is one of them. She says, why is it we got Alabama and Ohio State and Clemson and Georgia? Those are the, seems like the same four teams going to the playoffs every single year. It's boring, she says. And some of the boys at the coffee shop would agree. Well, this year, we're here at the halfway point. Take a look around at the number of teams that are in the mix to go to the college football playoffs. Right now, to me, I'm looking at 8 to 10 to 12 teams that are going to make a run for the playoffs which is not boring it's good for college football for especially for those fringe fans that are tired of seeing the uh, crimson tide and the dogs and the buckeyes and the tigers seemingly going to the 14 playoff every single year a lot of fans are tired of that but this is fun more teams are competing for the title It's refreshing and a uh, precursor to the move to the 12-team college football playoffs that are just around the corner. Yeah, you got Georgia still in the mix going for the 3 Pete, and I love it. We got Michigan back in the mix. Wolverines looking like one of the top teams in college football. How about Alabama? Big win at Texas A&M. They're certainly still in the mix. Looks like we'll get another Georgia-Alabama SEC title game, if you ask me. Ohio State, yeah, the Buckeyes are back in there. But how about these other teams? Florida State. We hadn't seen them hanging around this time of the year. For about 20 years, it seems like. How about those Knolls? I've got them number one this week again. Penn State, uh, they've been knocking on the door a little bit, those Nittany Lions. And uh, they are certainly, they've got a team that could end up in the Final Four. Oklahoma undefeated coming off that big win over Texas. Uh, Those Sooners, Brent Venables, man, he's turned that program around in one year. Oklahoma feeling good about things. Texas certainly not out of it. Looks like we'll get a rematch of the Red River shootout in the Big, Big 12 championship game. If that's anything like the regular season matchup, we're going to be excited to see that one. So both Oklahoma and Texas are in the mix. You know, I bumped into a few people that think the u uh, is a team to keep an eye on. The Huskies out in Washington. Don't forget about Oregon and the Ducks. Dan Lanning's got them playing at a high level. Of there there's some USC Trojan lovers. Are they going to play any defense? I know they can score points. And uh, I would complete it by saying don't forget about North Carolina. I know it's not college basketball. This is college football we're talking about. But they've got a legitimate team with one of the great quarterbacks in the game today in Drake May. We're going to a 12-team college football playoff, and they're... We're a lot of uh, critics out there that say, come on, man, 12 teams, are you kidding me? There's going to be 51 to 7 blowouts. It's going to be horrible. Well, I would disagree. I'm just one that thinks, hey, the more games, the better, even if there is a blowout. But I tell you what, if you look at it the way it is right now, we've got 8 to 12 teams that certainly, Are thinking natty right now, and to me that is really good for the game of college football. All right, I'm going to ask you to grab the shades because we go into the club. Shades on in the club, and want to talk about uh, the big time competition out in that Pac-12. Is it the Pac Pac Pac-8? I know we're calling it the Pac-12, and is it the uh, Big 14 or the Big 16? We're going to have to uh, reevaluate what we call these conferences. That'd be the Pac-4 out there. I mean, seriously. They're going to add a few. But I'll tell you what, there's some big-time competition for the all-Pac-12 first-team quarterback honors. Shades on into club, which is really with these quarterbacks, I, I would assume a lot of them would never admit it. But it is a a source of pride for the quarterback to go through the season and be regarded as the first-team all-conference quarterback. I know I've been there. Didn't really talk about it. Might seem selfish. But it is a source of pride. I was, you know, quietly so proud to be named the all-SEC first-team quarterback in both uh, my junior and senior year. Shades yeah. on into club. Still teasing some of the other quarterbacks in the league when I bump into them about that. But i tell you what, the Pac-12's got it going on. I mean, you look at the top three quarterbacks. This is must-see TV. And we get Oregon at Washington coming up Saturday at 3.30. And you've already seen uh, USC and their quarterback, Caleb Williams, the Heisman Trophy winner. But uh, you look at the top-performing quarterbacks in college football right now at the halfway point through the season. You're going to see Michael Penix Jr. is number two in total QBR, the Washington quarterback. And listen at the numbers. 74% completion percentage. 16 touchdown passes. Only two interceptions. Penix Jr. throws a perfect spiral with every pass that he throws. And I'm so impressed with that. I was looking at a mock draft here. I know it sounds stupid, but uh, yeah, I was looking at a mock draft, and I saw where Penix would be selected by the Atlanta Falcons with a first-round pick. Big arm, perfect spiral. That's Michael Penix Jr. is a player. And then Caleb Williams, he's number eight in total QBR, the USC quarterback, the Heisman Trophy winner. He's completing passes at a 71% rate. 22 touchdown passes, only one interception. Trojans look great on offense. Pretty average on defense, but as long as you got Caleb spinning it, Trojans should be in pretty good shape. And don't forget about the former Auburn quarterback, Bo Nix. who's totally getting the job done at Oregon. 80% completion percentage, 15 touchdowns, one interception, running around, scrambling, making plays for the Ducks. Bo Nix, number 13 in total QBR, halfway through the season. First-team All-Pac-12 quarterback honors. Who's that going to go to? Pennix Jr., Caleb Williams, Bo Nix. Some top-quality competition going on there, brother. We'll have to keep an eye on that one. Shades on in the club. And there you go. That's us going to the quarterback club. Got a lot of people asking on social media, Baloo, when, when are you going back to the quarterback club, man? It was a pretty long hiatus for the quarterback club. Glad to to get it back. I'm trying to mix it up a little bit. You don't want to overplay it. Overplay your hand uh, where people get tired of saying, Blue, you got those shades on. Shades on in the club. Time for that NFL Top 5.
1: The best in college football
4: and the NFL. 5 5
1: Presented by your locally owned and operated Ace Hardware. Find your neighborhood store at
4: acehardware.com. All right, the Cowboys, uh, they they drop out. Uh, They they get blown out in San Francisco. How about them Cowboys? They drop out. I'm going with the Niners, number one. They're going to stay at number one this week, and why not? They are just looking awesome, both on offense and defense, well coached. Got a lot of big-time players. Niners stay in that number one spot. Number two, the Kansas City Chiefs. Holmes stirring the drink. They got players on both sides of the ball, too. KC staying at two. I've got the Eagles three. The Dolphins checking in at four. How about Tua and all that speed they've got on offense? Remember when the Raiders used to say "speed kills"? Now it's the Dolphins saying that. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with the Bills, number five. So uh, NFL top five this week. I got the Niners one, Chiefs two, Eagles three, Dolphins four, and the Bills five. Bucks top five on six eighty the fan, Atlanta's sports station. And the moment many of you have been waiting on is time for the roundtable and a conversation with Bulldog quarterback Carson Beck.
1: The fan is proud to be the official sports talk station of the Dogs, and it's time for Bulldog Roundtable with Buck Balloon.
2: 25,
1: 20, like 10, 5. get in there, Touchdown! Bulldog Roundtable is proudly presented by Georgia's Own Credit Union, Georgia Pack and Load, Finley Roofing, and by attorney Ken Nugent.
2: And that's going to be the ball game.
1: Georgia will win this ball game only on the fan 680 and 93.7 FM.
4: Joining us now on the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker line, the SEC Offensive Player of the Week, Georgia quarterback Carson Beck. Carson. I know the fans are thrilled, man. They were asking for that fast start, and they got it last Saturday against Kentucky.
3: Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, obviously that's been a huge point um, that we've been trying to have that fast start. We've obviously had a few slow starts um, at the beginning of the season, but to come out and do that, um, it was definitely exciting and um, very proud, very proud of the guys.
4: Do you feel good about the plan coming in? How how did you feel about that? Uh, I mean, you completed your first 12 passes, so, I mean, it, it worked out really well.
3: Oh, yeah. Um, I think the energy that we had as far as um, the entire offense as a whole um, coming into the game, I kind of felt like we were just going to go out there and execute. And obviously we, we did and we made some big time plays.
4: How much confidence did you guys get going on the road, taking Auburn's best shot and coming out the other end with a victory?
3: Um, Yeah, I definitely think that instilled a lot of confidence in us, Um, and I can speak um, personally for myself. um, Being able to go into an environment like that um, and perform and walk out of there with a win um, definitely instilled a lot of confidence for me personally.
4: Especially on third down. So many big third down completions that day.
3: Yes, um, we, we definitely were really good on third down. We had a great plan. Um, offensive line was able to pick up a lot of different pressures that they tried to throw at us. And then obviously wide receivers getting open is another huge part of that. Um, and then ultimately me just making the throw and delivering.
4: You and Coach Bobo seem to be working really well together. Take us back to when Monken announced or exited toward the NFL and, and Mike Bobo was promoted to that offensive coordinator quarterback coach. You must have been relieved
3: yeah absolutely i mean i think the relationship that we've been able to build together um it's coming along um it's really good um i have a lot of faith in him a lot of trust in him and i really appreciate you know him coming to me and wondering what what i like and like asking questions and challenging me to you know continue to get better um as we continue to go through this season
4: i'm a big fan of the scheme that we're running offensively It's balanced which means you can alter the plan from week to week according to the defense that you're going to face that particular week uh, i mean that Kentucky defensive front was really tough, and you were able to come out and attack with a passing game
3: yeah um and I think that speaks volumes to you know him and um you know scheming up different defenses um seeing what they can do, um, and then obviously evolving our plan to see where we can attack them. Um, I thought we did a great job in the running game and passing game. And then obviously our defense um, really came up clutch with some stops and just getting us the ball a ton in that first half.
4: You guys are doing a great job of getting the ball to Brock Bowers. And I just – you know, my favorite play uh, against Auburn, you lined him up at running back, gave it to him on a third and one, and he rammed it up in there and, and got the first down. Uh, this guy's playing all over the field, and uh, Coach Bobo doing a great job of scheming him up there. Uh, what about Brock Bowers getting him those targets? Uh, are you uh, just – got to be so impressed w- with his football skill set.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, when, when you continue to get him the ball and he continues to make plays, um, usually you're going to try to keep throwing him the ball, you know. Um, and obviously with the, the run play, I mean, we want to get the ball in his hands as much as possible. Um, Because we know how explosive of a player he can be.
4: What'd you tell him on the drop uh, that he had Saturday? (laughs) Look, we're still cut. That ball's coming back your way again, buddy.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, He knows that. Um, It's all good. It happens. He does so much for our team and um, really helps the offense in so many facets that, I mean, it happens. It's football. I'm going to miss a throw. Wide receivers are going to drop the ball. Um, It's part of it.
4: Edwards with 15 touches, nine carries, six catches. How much of an evolution have you seen out of him as far as the receiving skills go? I saw him play in high school and thought, this guy's a rugged runner. But he looks like he's really developed his his catching skills.
3: Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, to be able to have a running back come out of the backfield and um – receive the ball is definitely I think something that is very underlooked in the game of football especially when a team wants to play zone and drop back and try to take those shots away from you you got to be okay with checking it down to your running back and letting him make plays you know
4: is today a day that's really easy to brag on your offensive line
3: oh absolutely I mean they didn't let up much pressure at all if any um they did a great job picking up the blitz Um, I thought said and you know his points and me and him together as far as um, understanding what they're trying to do to us um, on the defensive line and then obviously in the run game um, being able to turn around comfortably hand the ball off and know that we're going to move the ball only makes my job easier
4: offense it looks like you guys are getting better each and every week which is where you want to be
3: yeah absolutely I mean that's the game plan to continuously uh, improve and there's always going to be things that we can come in, watch on film, see, and get better at. No matter the um, no matter the outcome on
4: Saturdays. What do you think your best throw was against Kentucky? Hmm. You had a lot of good ones. Probably my first touchdown throw. I would
3: say um, the crossing route to Marcus. Um, that that'd probably be my favorite one.
4: Can you describe what it's like? Uh, working with kirby smart what what 's it like uh being his quarterback
3: um i'm definitely blessed and grateful um the position that i 'm in um i'm very grateful for this opportunity um but having him as my coach um he's he 's one of the best coaches to ever do it um he exemplifies um what it is to be a leader um he continuously comes in every day puts his be- best foot forward, and every game puts his best foot forward so it's obviously um, a great position to be in, and I'm very grateful and blessed
4: Carson. What do you think your best trade is? Is it patience? uh you obviously uh you know hung around and and uh you know watched that play for a few years uh, most of these other guys would have transferred out of there It's really paid off for you, yeah, absolutely.
3: I mean, I definitely would say that uh, patience is a huge attribute of me um a word that I try to use for myself to you know try to emulate is relentless um and i know that's very random random word but like no matter what the odds are no matter what is put up in front of me i just try to be relentless and
4: attack it relentlessly all right halfway through the season here regular season that is How, how's the body holding up oh it's <laughs> it's holding up i haven't gotten hit much
3: um obviously my body isn't as much used to getting hit uh, considering i'm a quarterback and i haven't been hit in a while um so when I do get hit, it hurts a little bit. I'm not going to lie.
4: But body's holding up for sure. Well, best of luck up in Nashville. Got a lot of people pulling for you, man. Keep up the good work. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Carson Backman having a great season. His first year as a starter for those Georgia Bulldogs. Things are looking up. Getting better each and every week. Hey, want to remind you the 680 green card is uh, still available. Deal of the year. Get to play six of the area's top courses for a low price of $199. Get your card on sale right now, only a few left, at 680thefan.com. Big announcement coming up next. Stick around for that. You got the Blue Show here on The Fan. show here on The Fan. Thanks for hanging out Monday through Friday, 10 to 11. And this coming Friday night, man, more high school football is heating up, and we're going to bring you live action every Friday night. 7.30 kickoff this week. We've got Carver High School traveling to Sandy Creek for the Friday night football game of the week. And then if you're out and about checking out your high school team play, Uh, when you get back in the car, Tune in to 680 The Fan for the Georgia High School Scoreboard Show. Get scores and updates from around the state of Georgia. Friday night football game of the week and the Georgia High School Scoreboard Show presented by Johnny's New York-style pizza, WNB Factory, Piedmont Urgent Care, and Fox 5 Atlanta.
1: It's time for the Buck High School Player of the Week shout-out. Shout it, shout it, shout it
4: out. Yeah, the uh, High School Football Player of the Week... This week is Chattahoochee High School quarterback Luke Priester goes fourteen of twenty-one for two hundred sixty-two yards and five touchdown passes. But that wasn't all, man. He ran for two touchdowns and one hundred and forty-four yards in a fifty-five to thirty-five win over North Springs. Luke Priester from Chattahoochee High School. Our Buck Pelucho, 680 The Fan, High School Football Player of the Week. And a special thank you to Awards Atlanta. Combined 57 years in the awards industry. Learn more about those folks at awardsatlanta.com. Time for the final word. Brought to you
1: by Howard Brothers. Keeping Georgia green since 1955.
4: Final word. A special shout out to Atlanta Braves fans especially those at Truist Park last night. It was electric late in the game. It was lit late in the game in Game 2. Packed house all season long. 3.2 million fans going through the gates at Truist Park. Braves country, know this. You're one of the best fan bases in all of Major League Baseball. All right, got Nick and Chris coming up next. I got that Southern Company business of sports segment. And if uh, if it's impacting business in Atlanta and the local sports scene, they've got it covered. Business of sports presented by Southern Company, building the future of energy for all the customers and communities they are privileged to serve. Go Braves back tomorrow. Have a great rest of the day, everybody. Thank you, Buck.
0: This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination?